I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. The Trojan Horse of Transformation. Guys, today I wanted to talk to you all about this concept around what is the Trojan Horse of Transformation and why it will relate to your own journey. And I want to give you the backstory around this, but also explain to you that the reason why I'm sharing this with you in this episode is because people will often come to me, come to us, come to Lauren and myself, veg up, and they will just want a diet. They'll want to work out. You know, they want to be told what to eat, how to train. And then depending on obviously the coaching level, like if it's a high enough level and they get some one-on-one access to myself, they will inadvertently end up getting advice on their mindset or lifestyle or their morning routine or the evening routine or the habit formations and habit stacking and all these other random things that are outside the realm of just diet and training. Why? It's because of this principle around the Trojan horse of transformation. And I wanted to dive into this because I think personally that this is the fundamental thing that most people will experience during their process. And so the reason why you should listen to this episode is because if you've ever been through a challenge, whether it's any type of challenge, whether it's a diet challenge, training challenge for weight loss, muscle building, whatever, and you got some type of physical result and you weren't able to sustain it, you need to listen to this episode because this Trojan horse of transformation is going to pertain directly to you. So <clears throat> the story goes like this. Once upon a time, there was an ancient city on the coast of Turkey named Troy. It was located across the Aegean Sea from the Greek city-state of Sparta. When the king of Sparta heard his wife, the beautiful Helen, had been kidnapped by, a prince of, by the prince of Troy, he called on the other Greek city-states to help him get her back. His call was answered. A thousand Greek ships set sail for Troy. The city of Troy was protected by high walls built around the city. Some parts of the walls were 20 feet high. There were gates in the wall to let people in and out, but it provided a great defense for the people of Troy. It gave the Trojan warriors a relatively safe place to stand, while they rained arrows down on people below who were trying to break into the city. At this time of the story, the Greek warriors had been trying to breach the walls around Troy for about 10 years. The Greeks could not find a way in. The Trojans did not seem to be able to drive the Greeks away as well. Things looked pretty hopeless until Odysseus, a famous ancient Greek general, thought of a trick. It was the custom back then to leave a peace offering behind to admit defeat. Odysseus suggested the Greeks build a huge, heavy, beautiful wooden horse and leave it outside the gates of Troy. Then the entire Greek army would pretend to leave as if they were heading home. But this was a trick. The horse would be hollow. Thirty men would hide inside. The very best Greek artists got busy carving the giant wooden horse, adding great detail because everything in the Greek world had to be as beautiful as possible. 
When it was done, the Greek warriors pretended to sail away, leaving the horse behind. The people of Troy rushed outside, cheering their victory. They dragged the heavy horse inside the city gates and put it on display, which is just what the Greek general thought they would do. Gloat. That night, while the Trojan, horse, while the Trojan people were sleeping, the men inside the wooden horse climbed out and opened the gates. The waiting Greek army entered Troy. That was the end of Troy. Is this old legend true? It certainly is famous. It is known as the Trojan horse. Now, I share this story with you to say that if you are unable to get past the defenses and the walls of your mind to penetrate the mechanics of why you're doing what you're doing below the surface, you will keep defaulting back to the old results that you have. And so this is why this concept is fundamentally important. There's a a metaphor here, and it's two-pronged. One, how do you get beyond the triggers and the defense mechanisms in your mind that are keeping you sort of in this physical pattern that's stuck? And the other thing is that when I do coaching as a nutritionist, as someone who's going to create plant-based vegan nutritional protocols for people training it's that type of thing often i have a trojan horse approach as well where someone will come to me and they're like i just want to get jacked dude i want to get in great shape i want to get that bikini body i want to wear board shorts on the beach and have the abs popping out all that stuff i'm like yeah that's great i get i get that goal we can we can definitely work on that but part of what i do is i tell them that we will focus on those things but I will often then start to tie in these Trojan horse approaches where I tell them what they want to hear, but then I give them what they need. And sometimes those two things look different. And that's sometimes, and coming back to my initial point, that's why sometimes people might think, well, I'm coming for a diet and training. Why is he talking to me about my mindset? You know, if I'm getting triggered about something, why is he talking about mindset and reframing and all these different things? Well, the reason why is because if you don't address these things, no diet or training is fundamentally going to work for you long term. And even if you get a physical result, one, you'll get there and it will either be hard to sustain it or you will get there. And you won't feel any different and you will be greatly disappointed because you think that once you cross some proverbial finish line and you look different, somehow you will feel different. It's actually the other way around. Once we start to think and feel different, we start to look different because we start to align with those inner workings of our mind. Now, coming back into focus about how this episode can actually serve you and help you, I want to walk through understanding the mechanics of your why, sharing with you part of my motivation, and then talk about the processes around going through this archaeological dig around being aware of your triggers and how they're holding you back, patterns, how they're holding you back, and focusing on being blissfully dissatisfied. And I'll talk about what that looks like in a second. So first of all, most people, when they come and they, they're like, I want to get, I want to build muscle or I want to lose body fat. Your why isn't actually your why. It's a surface level why. It's kind of like that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Inception, where they go into their dream state and then they go 
into a dream within a dream and then they go into a dream within a dream within a dream and every time they go into the next level it gets more complex and there's more underlying subconscious mechanisms operating that they're completely unaware of time goes much much slower for example now obviously this is just a movie but your why is multi-layered and there's probably layers below your surface level why you're unaware of. And until you start to contemplate and recognize those things, you're going to be triggered by them negatively and they're actually going to sabotage you. And I'll give you an example. So you might say, well, <clears throat> I want to get, I want to build muscle. You know, I'm a guy, maybe I'm, um, you know, thin and I want to build muscle or you're a female and you're, you know, you want to lose some body fat because you're not feeling comfortable at the beach, whatever it is. And you say, Fraser, I want you to help me with that goal. And I say, well, once you get that muscle growth or once you lose that body fat, why is that important to you? Well, I want to look, I want to feel confident. You know, I want to feel comfortable when I, when I go to the beach or I want to feel confident when I, you know, I'm out. Why does that matter to you? Why do you need to feel confident at the beach? Because I've spent, you know, a lot of my time feeling self-conscious, kind of hiding away, avoiding certain situations because I knew that I was self-conscious about how I looked. So I feel like I'm missing out on aspects of my life maybe that I could be enjoying and I'm missing them because I'm avoiding these things that I know I should be doing. Well, why does that matter to you? Like, what is that? Why, what is the motivation there? Well, if I'm being really honest, you know, when I was a teenager at school, maybe I was, you know, one of the smaller guys and I got picked on um, or the girls didn't notice me, or maybe I was more heavy set and I got picked on because of that. And so I was the chubby kid and it really just scarred me emotionally. I never felt like it was enough. I felt like physically I, I wasn't enough and, you know, kids can be ruthless and horrible and they told me that. And I always started to associate how I looked with my value around self-worth and confidence and all these different things. And I just want to feel at peace. I want to be confident in myself to walk paths left, less traveled, to feel content and happy and peaceful and fulfilled and significant to myself. I want to feel those things and I want to feel the depth of life with it. Now, that's real motivation. And the reason why I share this is because when you can understand these triggers, you're able to see them when they rise up in you and you can, can you can reframe them and diffuse them and be like, ah, the reason why I'm getting reactive around this food or around this result that I got with my measurements or my weight or something, the reason why I'm getting reactive is not because of anything logical or uh, higher functioning thinking. It's like a subconscious ingrained fear and anxiety and pattern. And when I can see that, just shining light on that can often help diffuse it. Or at the very least, you can step back, you can breathe, and you can reframe through that challenge and recognize that this trigger can actually become a strength. And so that's why this is important. And that's why I talk so much about mindset, because if you're getting triggered or you're just trying to do things on surface level and they're not sticking or the results, the results will not satisfy you. And I know this to be true for myself because having spent you know 20 years now in the fitness space and getting in better shape than 98, 99% of all people, I will tell you that it's very fleeting. 
you get a certain result. You might take a picture for, for social media and you feel real proud of yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's fleeting. You get it and it's gone like the wind. And then you're like, what's the next thing? What's the next level I can go for? And you just keep chasing these carrots on sticks. And <clears throat> that's the thing I want to share with you is that unless you work on your mindset along the way and develop st a strong framework cognitively, you won't enjoy the process. You'll be impatient. You will just want to cross the finish line. You'll be like, let's just go. I want to get it done. What is the rush in the sense that the finish line never really gets crossed? Because as you cross one line, you, you reassess and you set new visions and targets and goals and it, you create a new line. And the rushing through life is going to lead to these short-term unfulfilled results. And it's, it is that carrot on a stick. And I'll tell you, um, when I was really just focused on getting in the best shape of my life, when I got there, it felt good for a day. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm not feeling any different really. I, 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 in fact, I probably feel worse because I had all these expectations about how I would feel when I got there and nothing really changed. Now, it's not to discredit getting in good shape. Like you want to optimize your health for multitude of reasons. I mean, just for your longevity, for the, the quality and the richness of your life, for just self-actualizing your potential. Getting in good shape is a good endeavor, but I can promise you that if that's just your focus for social accolades or um, trying to heal some childhood wound, that you will be disappointed. And so it's important to work on the mindset stuff always. Jim Carrey, the comedian, he says this line, and I love this. I wish everyone could get rich and famous so they would realize that it's not the answer they seek. Now, again, not discrediting creating financial freedom for yourself and having impact, right? That's not, not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that if you think that that is going to solve all of your problems, your problems will come with you. They're in your head. Wherever you go, they will go with you until you dissolve them and use them and reframe them into strengths. And so coming back to my motivation now, early on, my motivation when I first started this journey <laughs> was that as a teenager, I was, I was kind of like the runt of the litter. I was a small guy. I wasn't super tall, about five foot nine, but I wasn't big either. I was, I was thin. I was, I was like a hard gainer. And so I was a small guy and there was guys in the same year as me who were almost literally twice the size of me. It was, it was crazy. And I never felt noticed. I never felt like I was really accepted by people because at that time, you know, if you're a bigger, stronger guy, you sort of have that alpha male vibe. And then obviously the, the girls, the women, they tend to gravitate towards that. So I didn't, I, feel, I didn't feel significant at all. And that was my story. That was my challenges. Those were my triggers. Maybe you're different. Maybe you were overweight or you were a chubby kid and you got picked on and you got left out of being picked in the sports teams or whatever. And you, those are your triggers. So what happened was that when I went to start training, my whole, my whole ethos was I want to get as big and strong as I can because if I can change my physical body, I can garner respect and I can look more intimidating and that's going to garner me respect. And hence all the tattoos that I got. I look back now and I recognize that was like physiological armor. I was armoring myself up. If I can get tattooed and I can get as big and strong as possible, I will 
I will get attention and therefore I will get respect. And that was in my head what I was thinking. And I look back now and I can see those patterns and I can see how when I got there, I didn't really feel any different. I might've got noticed by people, but it was very fleeting and it was not by the right type of people either because there was no substance in my character. And so that for me was that carrot on the stick, the hamster wheel constantly just chasing what I thought would happen. And so for you, what are you doing that is that type of process? And so for me, I had to walk through that journey and discover and realize that. And now as a father in my mid-30s at the time of this episode, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's been coaching people at a high level for years and years, my goals, my dreams are so different now. Now I want to be as healthy and vibrant and, and live as long as I can for our kids, for our grandkids. I don't just want to live, but I want to have really good energy, really clean, pure mental clarity. I want to contribute. I want to guide people. I want to be vibrant. I want to experience things. And I know that in order to achieve a lot and to contribute a lot and to get a lot of things done and to have really good energy through the whole day and not burn out, I have to fuel my body and I have to look after myself in a way that is in alignment with those values. And so for me now, the reason why I eat well is not just about a weight on the scale or muscle building or a look. It's to generate this value that I'm seeking, this value of good energy, mental clarity, doing things that are difficult because most people don't want to do them, cultivating discipline when most people won't just because I feel like it's a worthy thing to do for me personally. And so can you see how now my goals are around my daughter Zia, around my wife Lauren, around our business, around servicing my students, around traveling in the RV and experiencing all these crazy things and seeing these beautiful places and training in the wilderness and just doing things that enrich my experience. And I can look back on life and I can be like, wow, like I truly freaking lived. I didn't just live in a gym. I truly lived, man. And that to me motivates me. And that is why I work so intently on the mindset stuff because the storms in your life will come no matter how much you work on personal development, but you will sink to your current level of training. You will sink to your current level of preparation when the storms do come. So if you have not prepared mentally, you will default to your current patterns. But if you work on your mindset and you reintegrate new 2.0 versions of these patterns in that serve you under pressure and stress, you will default to those patterns. And those patterns will give you better outcomes. So it's important that you go through this archaeological dig of your life and use those tools to grow and reframe the, the motivations that you have. You can't have these surface level motivations and expect long-term deep results. You'll get surface level results and they don't stick. And when you're thinking about the power of your mind and you may be questioning, well, does this personal development stuff, does, you know, does, does the mind really have an effect on, on energy levels and my ability to do hard things? And I read this amazing, this funny story uh, in the book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer 
where he talks about how often we think that we just need to eat more food or we need to sleep better or whatever to improve our energy and motivation. But a lot of that energy and motivation is actually within us. We generate it almost like a fusion reaction. It's just that our fusion reactors have been turned off for so long. We don't even remember the fact we can generate this energy from within us in the absence of nutrition and all these other things that we think are really important, which they are. But I'll give you this story. So he talks about this young guy who's madly in love with this girl and life is good and he's got really good energy because it's it's all new and he's experiencing all these new things with her and it's fun. And then one day he gets a message from her and she's saying, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't do this anymore. Um, we're over. It's done. I thought I, I thought I cared about you, uh, but I, but I don't. And he's 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 ruined. He's he's heartbroken. He he lays down on the bed. He just doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't shave. He doesn't shower. His house becomes a mess. He loses all motivation to do all these things. Right. So he he doesn't have the energy to do anything. And. That's a challenge that we're all going to go through in life, those those dark periods, those hard periods, right? And then all of a sudden, a few months later, after kind of struggling to, to get his life back together and figure things out, he gets a message, a voice message from this same woman saying, hey, I'm so sorry, I made a bad decision. I was just really confused at the time, but I miss you. Can we talk? I really want to talk with you and get back together and figure this out. And all of a sudden, he hears that message and just an ex a fusion explosion of energy. So he gets up, he's cleaning his house, jumps in the shower, shaves his face for the first time in two months, starts cleaning up his diet, his energy is just through the roof. Think of another instance like that where maybe think about what it would be like if you won, won the lot, lottery. You know, like you're going from just this normal person, you win $300 million or something. How all of a sudden, in an instant, your energy would just be like absolutely insane, right? Insane. Like oh, you could just like run a marathon without any training. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that energy is actually within you right now. But you've got to start to unearth the, the drivers around it. And so for me now, I can future pace and visualize the way I want my life to be and how it's going to look and where where I where we will be and what we'll be experiencing in such vivid detail that I'm able to generate that sort of fusion reaction in me to get things done when I don't feel like doing them. The reason why I share that story with you is because I want you to understand the power of your mind that from one shift in thinking, you can generate so much additional energy if you know how to tap into those processes. And that takes practice and it takes consistent, concerted effort. Like you don't just get there quickly. It's something that you have to practice. And so I'm able to tap into that quite readily. And it is such an amazing thing when you finally get to that place and you recognize that you can generate a lot of additional energy within your own, within the confines of your own mind. Like you don't need more caffeine or more pre-workout supplement or anything like that to generate this energy. It's a psychological shift that takes place. And that is why 
the mindset stuff is so important to constantly visualize the kind of life that you want. I'm very good at future pacing and almost running through the things I want to do and not just the things I want to do, but who is with me? What is the smell of the environment? What is the feel? Is it warm? Is it cold? Like a real time visualization of what I will experience. And when you can bring that to life in the forefront of your head through practice, it will change your state. I'm promising you. And then you will go out, you will train harder. You will eat more with more discipline. You'll be more persistent and you will problem solve more tenaciously around your challenges because you're so fixed on achieving some of these things that you've been visualizing. And I kind of explain it like there's this quote that, or there's this term that Ed Milet uses called be blissfully dissatisfied from this perspective of I can sit here and I can visualize what I want my life to be, or you can visualize what you want your life to be. And in that moment, you can be blissful. You can be appreciative of where you are right now and not so freaking impatient that you just want to rush there, get some fleeting result, and then have it all collapse down like a house of cards. That you can be blissful in the sense that, okay, I'm going to honor this journey. I'm going to understand this cliche concept that the journey is really where the growth lies. The journey is really what we're seeking and be blissful and content in this moment. But I'm just not going to settle. Like I'm going to be dissatisfied from a positive perspective of I can be content and present and blissful in this moment, yet I can want more. I can want to achieve more. I can want to self-actualize more and still have, I can hold both at the same time. So to be blissfully dissatisfied, meaning I'm appreciative and I'm thankful and I have gratitude for where I am in this journey, even if it sucks and even if it's hard and even if I'm not seeing the fruits of my labors yet, and I can be dissatisfied from the perspective I want more, but I'm going to carry that good energy and that presence and that blissful state with me. Because like I was saying, if you carry a bad attitude with you now and you are impatient in a negative way and you just want quick results simply done for you right now, that bad energy is going to come with you to your next destination and it's going to infect the next place you're at and you won't feel good. And so that's why this stuff is so important. So remember, don't complain about the journey because if you can't find depth and meaning in your journey, you won't find it at the destination. And that's cliche, but it's the truth. And so your ability to reframe your challenges is fundamentally important. And what I mean by this is if you do something and you get the outcome that you don't want, it's a good thing because it's shining light on maybe things that you did that just don't work and you need to readjust and you need to keep refining and and changing your strategy. Or maybe you just didn't do it with enough tenacity. Maybe you were saying you were doing it, but you were just cutting corners and you kind of knew it and you really weren't putting in as much work as you wanted, but you just liked the idea of it. So sometimes you have to be, do a really hard audit on yourself too. And not to beat yourself up though. When I say a hard audit, I don't mean to self-abuse and self-annihilate yourself. I mean to honestly assess your commitment, your work ethic around what you want to achieve and then say, okay, like from a positive perspective, what can I do? Like what is one needle moving thing I can do today to course correct that issue? 
Like what is one positive thing? What is one lesson I can take from this that can I can use to course correct? And if you just ask yourself those questions and reframe the negativity, from, say for instance, you go out and you make some bad food choices rather than just feeling, oh, I'm a loser. Like I can't do anything well. I might as well just quit. That's a terrible mindset to have. You need to say, how could I have prepared better next time so this doesn't happen? How can I communicate my needs to my family more so we can go to maybe a place that has more healthy options? How could I have maybe eaten a meal before I left? Or how can I, what can I do to mitigate or to minimize some of these challenges that I will face next time and learn from this process? And remember this, as you grow, as you climb those ladders of the the, the rungs of life, if you try to default back down to those lower rungs, you'll feel it. You'll feel it in a negative way. And what I mean by this is when you first start your journey and your mindset is just of you haven't really worked on it properly and you haven't really changed anything about your patterns and your underlying routines, you might just be like an old pickup truck running on diesel, right? You're just this old pickup truck running around on diesel. As you start to upgrade your life and change your diet and improve your health, you upgrade your vehicle and you become this Lamborghini, this beautiful colored flash Lamborghini. And if you race around town and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I just want to get nostalgic and treat myself to some old foods that I really used to enjoy. Because, you know, your mindset is operating from that place if you haven't upgraded the way you think around food and around reward systems and you go eat that big old pizza and donut that you used to eat back in the day and you used to love it and now you eat it and you feel terrible. A lot of people, what they do is like, oh, this sucks, you know, like I, I came to this new diet and I can't even enjoy foods that I used to love. It's kind of like you putting diesel in your Lamborghini. You upgraded your vehicle and you want to put old fuel in it. What do you think is going to happen when you put diesel in a Lamborghini? It's probably going to break down. So you can have a choice. Do you just want to downgrade back to the old pickup truck again? Some people will. Some people do. A lot of people do. But I know for you, if you've listened this far, that is not what you want to do. And so you have to, and the reason why I say this is you have to reframe that and say, I'm cleaning up my life. I'm cleaning up my diet. I'm cleaning up my system. So when I put things in it that aren't good for me, I become more sensitive to those things. And so all of a sudden, you can reframe that challenge. So you're not moping around feeling sorry for yourself that you're getting the negative effects of this thing. You're actually using it as a lesson to help you grow. So can you see how your mindset, that Trojan horse, getting past the defense mechanisms in your mind is going to be the thing that allows you to navigate this minefield of physical and psychological transformation. And if you just follow a plan and you don't change anything about the way you think about being a, a student with a growth mindset and about reframing your challenges and about truly immersing yourself, then you're going to get to the destination and you won't feel any different. And sometimes you'll get there and you'll maintain it for a while and then you'll go backwards because you didn't upgrade the way that you think. Fundamentally, the best way I've found to upgrade the way you think consistently is to get around people that think this way. So whether it's getting high level coaching with myself or whether it is even inquiring about doing a one-on-one -on -one physical immersion training with us, that's something that we do as well, where we actually work with you 
in hand and show you some of these proprietary pillars and processes that I've used to go from someone who suffered through severe bipolar disorder, severe social anxiety, ADHD. I was a hot mess and to where I am now. And I don't even think that I'm scratching the surface of what I'm capable of. And that's not from a place of arrogance. That's purely from a place of having witnessed that ability to tap into that fusion system in me and know that, holy moly, the energy is infinite if we choose that. So I wanted to share that with you guys today, that go away from this with your transformation and you must focus on your mindset alongside this. Because if you don't, you will get there and you will not be satisfied. And you have to be a student. Do not go into a process thinking you know everything or thinking you've read all the books or thinking that this stuff doesn't work because that, again, is a that that Trojan wall blocking you from transformation. You have to get beyond that preconceived notion about what you think is right and wrong. So I just wanted to share that with you today because the Trojan horse of transformation, the reason why I talk about mindset so much is because in all my time within this fitness and health space, I've come to realize that until we focus on these things, the results people get are fleeting. And, I'm, and I got tired of it. I got tired of seeing that in people. And that is the fundamental thing that needs to change. So today, remember, be that Lamborghini and don't put diesel into your system. Dig through the layers that inception concept of a dream within a dream within a dream. Why are you doing this? What are the deeper triggers you have? And then start to reframe those triggers when they arise to use them and turn them into a strength. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at fraser at evolvingalpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.